Uh, the following video clip is an excerpt from a Tuesday night not too long ago while we were still in our Judgment and uh, Christian Liberty series. Uh, I haven't been putting them all online. Tuesday nights are a little harder to get online because there's a lot of back and forth and it makes it a little bit more difficult. However, I'm going to make a concerted effort at least to get some excerpts up in the future of portions that are maybe a little bit more, uh, maybe not relevant, but, but a portion that's self-contained and uh, might be able to be a help to folks. So I hope that this can be a help to you. We're talking through 1 Corinthians 8 and the nature of liberty in it. And the distinction will be between liberty, what is your liberty, and what is your right, and the nature of rights and the nature of liberty, which are not the same thing. And I hope it'll help uh, reframe all of our minds, really, on the discussion of liberty and the nature of it and how we interact one with another in the church. So with that being said, that clip is about eight minutes long, and I hope it'll be a help to you. Paul makes this incredibly dogmatic statement here at the end of chapter 8. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Far better to lose that entire wing of liberty than ever offend my brother in Christ. Again, not emotional offense, not, oh, I'm offended because you did something I don't like. Nope, this is, my brother has stumbled. I would rather never, ever live in this area of liberty than cause a brother to stumble. One brother to stumble and thus to offend Christ in that way. That is quite a statement. Now, particularly in our day and age, we don't really have to do that. We, we live, um, you know, kind of spread out lives. We're not in each other's business. I would imagine that in, in, in the first century, they, they were probably a lot more of a community right? They all lived in the same general area. They all saw each other all the time. Uh, they, they, they went to the same places. They shopped in the same, same shops. Uh, these sorts of things to where there was probably much more, uh, it would be in a sense more difficult to live in your liberty without others interacting with that. But nowadays it's significantly easier to do so. So the scenarios where I would have to completely cut myself off from a liberty uh, might be fewer and farther between. But far better to cut myself off from a liberty altogether than to suffer the faith of a brother to, be, to stumble. As Paul says here. And this should cause us to rethink the way we actually think about our liberties. Your liberties are not your rights. And this is where a lot of the liberty-minded folks go wrong. When they think, this is my liberty, what they're actually thinking is, this is my right. Those are two very different things, aren't they? Just because God has given you the freedom to do it does not mean he's given you the right to do it. And if I see it as my right rather than my liberty, then I am going to actually get offended when someone strips from me that thing that I see as my right to do. It is my right to wear that. It is my right to listen to that. It is my right to, to, to watch that. It is my right to go there. It is my right to, to have arches, right? It is my right. Well, no, it's your liberty. But liberty comes with responsibility. And in that it's your liberty, 
It is something that God has granted that you can do in him. But that doesn't mean that he has guarded your right to do it. So that it might be my liberty to do that thing, but it is absolutely wrong for me to do it. Depending on the context. To where God will look at me one day and he will look, he, and, and, and we, as we're going over my life, he'll say, you did this. And I'll say, that, that was my liberty. Yes, it was your liberty, but it wasn't your right. Because of where you were, because of who you were with, because of who you were ministering unto, because of, because of the context, because of the church, because of, because of the, the, the family you had, because of whatever it might be. Because of the, 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 the consciences of those who are around you. It was your liberty, but it wasn't your right. Because liberty to us, we see liberty as, as a, a, the, the ability to, to exercise my will. But what Galatians 5 says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty as an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. That liberty is there to enable, to open doors of opportunity for me to submit, for me to serve, for me to love, for me to, to um, pour myself more into others in ways that I may, I may not be able to do if I did not have the liberty. And he's been given the liberty by God to do it and the ability by God to handle it, right? And all of those various elements that God has enabled unto ministry. And this is where that liberty is, the, the calling of that liberty is. Now in Galatians, of course, it's, it's contrasting the law with grace, right? And the idea that we don't have to shoehorn ourselves into the, the legal system. But we can certainly broaden that in principle out to um, other elements than just the Mosaic law, right? As it relates to these things. That all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any, right? And, and then all things edify not. Those are those two, two times. It may be lawful, but if it doesn't edify, then it's actually not my right to do. Because do all things on edification, so if my liberty is going to tear down, if my liberty is going to destroy, if my liberty is going to confuse, if my liberty is going to, to uh, um, cause offense or, or stumble, then yes, you still have that liberty. No, it's not your right. And this is where your standards might change over time. I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about so-and-so who never had a TV and now he's watching TV and thought, well, that's an interesting change. And, I, I proposed to him, you know what, maybe that person never changed. Maybe it's just that there was a season of life where, with there, where that liberty was not theirs to indulge. Because there was a higher law that was enacting at that time. Whether that higher law is authority or love or edification, whatever the higher law is, liberty is not the highest law. And of course, when you see liberty as the highest law, this is where you get into libertinism, right? This is where you get into licentiousness. This is where you get into, well, what, what we call today um, the, the libertarian, right? Where liberty is the highest law. Well, no. Liberty is a law that you get to exercise, and it's the most, it, it, it's perhaps the, our favorite standard, but it is bound by higher laws and where my liberty is not in, uh, does not infringe upon the higher laws of my obligation, then I have fullness, which is why 
we like small government. The reason why we like small government is because the fewer laws is the fewer infringements on our liberty. Right? And when we show that we can't, when we, when we show that we can't be good stewards of our own liberty, we need more laws. Which is why we're getting more laws. Well, one of the reasons. The other reason is because we have people that don't want us to have liberty. Right? But, as, as we show ourselves able to handle the liberties that we have, in theory, in, in a right society, fewer laws need to be on the books, and laws only need to be there to regulate those areas where, that go beyond my liberty. But, but then it's my privilege to reduce my liberty in those areas where there's a higher law in effect. So when love is in effect, when edification is in effect, when authority is in effect, it is not wrong for you to bind your liberty, nor is it, nor ought it be an offense to you. Because it is not your right, it is your liberty. 